Hello, everyone, and welcome to TBG, or Talking About Games. It's a little bonus podcast we do occasionally whenever something in the gaming industry is tickling our fancy, or we just don't have anything to talk about on our other podcast for the week. But this week, there's plenty to talk about, some of it even relevant to this week's podcast, as we have the PlayStation 5 Showcase and our next look into the Final Fantasy franchise. And yes, for anyone who is watching that intro scene is on purpose, because we do it so infrequently, we don't actually have an intro scene for this show. So we would like to make one. I would more than welcome it. So, on that note, I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Happy. Joining me is, of course, Sly, who uh, is a little upset. There's a few things we're not talking too much about on this show based on the way the pre-show went. It's not, it's, we can you can talk about a few extra things there, Sly. If you really want to? How you feeling? I'm all right. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> that is that is not encouraging, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm I'm here. There you go. And uh, our third host for the show, who is who is an official co-host for this show, he goes back and forth on Stay of the Realm, but he's been on every TBG so far, and that of FS, who refused to miss this show big time. I am also here. Hello. Welcome, Hi. everyone. Hello. I like your hair. Sly still... Thank you. I just got out of the shower. Um, Sly is still upset that we didn't let him sing us in. He was saying in the pre-show, uh, he really, really wanted to sing some Backstreet Boys for us. And Mike and I, we just had to put our foot down and say, no, 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 this is professional. All right. We're, uh, we're trying to attract some fresh sponsorships here. We, we cannot mm-hmm. have you singing Backstreet Boys. Yeah, we dude, cannot it's going to copyright stricken. <laughs> yeah, because it's pitch perfect. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All yeah. five yeah. of so them. So if you want to hear that, that would be. That would be a little bit more believable if it was like mm-hmm. something like the Temptations or something, some Motown. Nah, nah, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Listen, all all I'm saying is that if you want to hear Sly sing some Backstreet Boys, you have to go into his stream, and he will be more than happy to oblige. He'll pretend he'll pretend not to. It's one of those things where like he doesn't right. want to do it, but he really does, and you just have to like push uh-huh. him, you know, really, really mm-hmm. push him for it, and then yeah. uh, you'll get it. I can't wait um, to see that circle. <laughs> That's never gonna. The karaoke, the sly karaoke sub goal. Oh god, no! It doesn't even have to be Backstreet Boys at this point. Just the sly karaoke. There you go. Mm -hmm. I'll join you for it. You can do it. We'll do it together, Sly. Hell yeah! More than one person in the Backstreet Boys, anyway. All right, gentlemen. When we do a TBG, it's normally either A, the pilot where we were figuring out what the hell we were doing, or B, there's some stuff we really want to talk about, or C, there's no stay of the realm that week. Either or. You know, all, all, all of the above can sometimes apply. And this week, we have something. We actually, that, yeah. We actually had a state of the realm. Yeah, this is the only time we've ever done one of these and a state of the realm in the same week. But we've only done three of these, so the sample size is quite low. Um, we there's That's so ambitious. I know, right? It's it's all it's it's only the overlay, but with all the fourteen related stuff taken out and just just in the <laughs> void. So you know, become very very ambitious. Obviously, um, yeah. There's a lot to talk about from this week. Now we're going to be focusing primarily on the PlayStation Five showcase and the title mm-hmm. that I think uh, that I would assume the three of us are most excited about for years from now, but not necessarily in the immediate vicinity. Um. But I would like to kind of go over some of the things that have happened this week, um, starting with the PlayStation 5 showcase, which is probably the biggest bit of news that came out of this week. So while it's not the, 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 what, the most primary topic we're going to talk about, how did you guys feel about this? Because I feel like everyone wants to draw comparisons between a Sony showcase and an Xbox showcase and Nintendo Direct, and it's always back and forth about which one impressed them the most. So where do we stand on the most recent PlayStation showcase and our opinions on the upcoming PlayStation 5. 
Sly? It did the job. It it drew. It did what it was supposed to do: draw hype, draw more hype for a console release, and um, and bring in console sales. Um, we the majority of us were just there for the price. That's we wanted a price. We wanted a release date. We got that too, but we we got more than we bargained for, more than we expected, and I think I think that goes to show that Sony was really, really had something to prove. Up against yeah, who, I, I don't know, fair. but yeah, I agree. Um, I, it, it's kind of inexplicable for me. I can't really put my finger on why precisely, but I haven't been so excited for a console release since like Nintendo 64, I think. Like honestly, wow. ever since then, like they've all just kind of sailed over my head. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's, you know, the next gen. Um, but, uh, I think between the, obviously the Final Fantasy 16 trailer, coming off the high of that, uh, the, the Demon Souls remaster, um, and just the, the, the backwards compatibility and having this like huge, huge list of games, um, shipped with the PlayStation Plus, like, like all of like the best games from the previous generation, um, is just like, oh. Um, I, I I don't know I can't I can't explain it but I'm so excited I'm so so pumped for it and I normally don't like buy into a new console until like you know a year or two after uh, after they've launched I normally buy in right away but for no particular reason like I grab it because I'm like you know what I know like there's there's gonna be something like if I'm grabbing like a Switch or or, or a PlayStation it's it's because I know at some point I will use it. So I'll be the sucker who buys the day one and then has to buy the pro version two years later. I'll be that guy. And I suspect it'll happen here, too. Everyone's like, no, there won't be a PS5 Pro. I'm like, of course there's going to be a PS5 Pro at some point. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, of course. Come on. It's going to happen. Let's, let's, let's be real. I'll be the sucker in this case. But I agree no. with you in that. Oh, sorry, Sly. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say I agree with you in that it's been a while since I've been excited because the PlayStation 4, I got like I got the one with Destiny. I was kind of excited mm. for that, but like I really mm. didn't know how I was going to feel about it, and it didn't kind of pan out. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I haven't really been, oh, my God, I can't wait for a pretty long time. Were you, were you sold on the PS5 beforehand, or did this, like, did this event do it for you? This event did it for me because, like, they're, they're, I already – so here's the thing. Before I already knew there were things I 100% wanted on the PlayStation 5, which was good. Again, PlayStation 4 didn't, I didn't have that sensation for the PlayStation 4. I didn't even have it for the Switch. And, the, you know, I had Breath of the Wild the day it came out. I ended up kind of just not being like, that wasn't, and that ended up being like the console seller for me. It just was the first game I picked up. Um, mm. and I think back and realistically, the only other time I've ever really had this was seeing Final Fantasy X on the PlayStation 2. Because I remember my cousin got it before I did, and he had the demo, which just lets you play through the opening. So you see the blitz ball scene and the, t- and the city being attacked. And that made me go home and be like, this Christmas, that's, that's it. Don't buy me socks. I don't need a stocking. I don't just, I don't care. Just, I'll grow out of all my clothes, whatever. It doesn't, just, I need that. All right. I need that in my life. That's how I feel about the five pretty much day one. I want it day one after this most recent event. I wanted it before. Now I want it. November twelfth here in the states. Mm. Yeah, this this event is definitely the seller for me as well. Like I, I remember Final Fantasy fifteen. I didn't even buy bo- uh, bother buying it on the PS four. You know, I, I was like, I'll just wait till it comes out on 
on PC, and and that's why I did. I played the Royal Edition, um, and I knew that Final Fantasy 16 was probably going to be the seller for me, but I was also prepared to like you know wait until Final Fantasy 16 came out. You know, I, I don't know, like if we're being optimistic, uh, end of next year. Um, but that's very now, optimistic, in my opinion. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, very, very. Yeah. But uh, but now I'm like, man, I just want to get my hands on this like ASAP and just throw my PS4 in the garbage. <laughs> I'm not ready to do I, that, but no, I'm not going to throw my I'm not going to throw my PS4 in the garbage. Uh, I'm I sorry, think, uh, I think I think I was I actually sold. <laughs> Were you sold? <laughs> what sold you? I think I think I was actually sold on the PS5. Before this event, I think it was the last presser they had. Like, I think the the last um event or showcase that they did. Yeah, and and for me, of course, for me, it, it was GT Seven. Like when they when they showed when they announced GT Seven, I was like, yeah, it yeah, wasn't bug that. snacks. It wasn't okay. bug snacks that did it. <laughs> it wasn't bug snacks. It wasn't fucking bug snacks. No. This GT7. Oh, I was just holding my breath for a new knack game, man. I saw a few people saying that. A lot of people were too. A a lot of people were too. But when I saw like a numbered (laughs) GT, I was like, yes, yeah, it's going down, son. Yeah, the last event for me, um, Miles Morales, uh, Kana, which recently got delayed, but I'm okay with that with the current landscape Mm. of things. Um, and Mm. Horizon 2 was like, I already knew. And Demon's Souls, we knew about Demon's Souls before. We didn't know, again, we yeah. didn't know release dates or price points or anything like that back then, but I already knew when we saw that, that it was like, it was obvious that I was going to get it. Um, this event was the I Need It Day One event, because I found out what is there day one, and I was like, oh my god, I I don't even know how I'm going to play all these games day one. So, uh, I, yeah, I've been sold on it for a while, but this event, it's it's weird, because the, the industry has kind of gone back and forth between whether or not consoles... How do I put it? The console market is healthy, I suppose, where the the practices in it regarding exclusivity and uh, and and subscription right. services and price points, which is a big thing we have to talk about today. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, every time I still watch a PlayStation, like a Sony one, I just it's it's the only one that gets me feeling that way. The Xbox ones, I go, I'll just buy it on PC. Right. The Switch ones, I go, oh, that's cool. And, and see, that's another thing to think about. And like, it's a, it's a huge comparison in, um, the schools of thought between Xbox and Sony. And like, all summer, all like, I guess, gaming sphere sort of kind of, um, you see this comparison where Xbox is like, Hey, uh, you know, we're releasing a console, but you can play all this shit on PC. And, essentially kind of cannibalizing their sales, which doesn't make sense to me if you're really putting out a console, whereas, you know, Sony is really driving home exclusivity, like uh, the PlayStation 5 will do this and that, and they're really, really trying to push consoles. So it's it's really, really unique to see the this wide comparison in, in schools of thought when it comes to um, console releases and how they go about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. It, it almost seems like Xbox, this generation, is trying to lean into the idea of being like a budget gaming PC. Right. And, um, you know, that, 
like like it's a, it's a nice angle to take. It's a good angle to take. And mm. you know the the idea of having like the Xbox Games Pass and you know being able to like you know play the same games on your PC and on your Xbox without having to like purchase multiple copies and that's that's all you know compelling. Um, but yeah, I, I think for like console exclusivity, which is itself you know like a bit of a double edged sword and not terribly consumer friendly, it is going to be driving sales for yes. the PS5. In a, in a major, major way. I mean, like, we, we already saw a bit of, uh, drama over, um, the, the trailer for Demon Souls being mislabeled as, uh, a limited PC, uh, sorry, PS5 exclusive, and yeah. it was going to be coming to PC eventually, and they had to, like, jump on that one, like, real, real, real quick. Um, which, uh, again, seems to be sort of indicative of them really, really, like, prioritizing this idea of exclusivity. And one thing we're seeing, um, obviously Chats already brought it up in that Xbox's Game Pass has been a really major thing for them. Probably the most major thing in recent years, mm-hmm. more so than even their yep, upcoming yep. console release, is that PlayStation yep. seems to be attempting to add something similar to that to Plus, but obviously it's exclusive mm-hmm. to their platform still. You know, it's still not mm-hmm. going to have it on, yeah. on Windows or anything like that. Um, Mr. Byrne brought up an interesting point, uh, yesterday on State of the Realm as it was unavoidable 16 came up in a, you know, in a, a podcast about 14 um, in that uh, the reason why they're pushing these things so hard is really to, to create ownership of, of pretty much everything that you do. They want, they want to cut out any middleman altogether. They're willing to throw of, of, you know, some money at companies to give their games in this pass for whatever much a month, as opposed to having third party retailers, you know, take revenue out of, mm-hmm. out of their pocket uh, off of their digital platform. And so I wonder mm-hmm. if you have any, if you have any thoughts on that, Ethis, because, uh, it, Byrne was very passionate about really being glad that at the very least we still have a physical disc console. A second, yeah. A secondhand market. Yeah. yeah. A secondhand market and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, it sucks. Like it's, it's anti-consumer and it's anti-small business. Um, and, Anything that we see, like, in, in the gaming sphere, in the sort of technology sphere more broadly, about, like, large multinationals trying to, like, monopolize and cut out, you know, middlemen, um, which, I mean, okay, let's, let's, let's be real. They're not often small businesses. They're normally stuff like, you know, GameStop and EV games and stuff like that. But, but still, some of them are. Um, yeah, I mean, so the sec- second hand, uh, games back home in Australia, right? If I'm buying a secondhand Switch game, it'll be like maybe four or five dollars cheaper than buying it new. Um, and you know, PS4 games, PS3 games, um, if, if they're like games that have sold really well, um, it's gonna be like the same thing. You, you get like the budget bin of like, you know, pick three for like 40 bucks or whatever, but it'll be, uh, you know, like, the, the FIFA from six years ago or something. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so much sold on like the idea of the, the sort of second hand market and like budget gaming, um, being, uh, further cannibalized. But I think, I think it's fair to say like looking, looking at this point in tandem with the fact that they're like, pushing up the prices for new AAA releases by what, like 10 US dollars, it seems. $10. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. That's a lot. Um, we're looking at that from, from that, we're looking at like 110, 120 Australian dollars. Um, which is, it's, it's ridiculous. 
Um, it's uh, it's you, not great. You, you say that, but uh, I remember seeing a, a like somebody posted this on Twitter. It mm-hmm. was a it was a um, ad from like mid early nineties, and I think it was a holiday ad for Super Nintendo and certain mm-hmm. Super Nintendo games. Oh yeah, funny yeah. thing. Funny thing, um, there were two games. One of them was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. I can forget what the yeah. other one was. But those games were, uh, at the time, 69. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But back in the 90s, you would get, like, maybe two games a year. And yeah. you would have those, and you would play them over and over and, and over. And you'd go to, like, your local over. rental and pay, like, $5, like, on a weekend. Yeah. Then that would a weekend. Your, yeah, that yep. would be your weekend. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, you you can look at, like, the title-to-title price comparison and make that argument. But I, I think that the the budget for people's gaming habits is definitely been increasing exponentially. And this is another step up. Now that said, the, the console itself is a hundred dollars cheaper than the PS3 was at launch. That's not something to um, be proud of necessarily. I wouldn't, that, no, <laughs> as somebody no, with no, a fat no. PS3 behind me, yeah. um, trust me, not mm. something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, the, the console hasn't been like massively marked up, but, um, uh, they, they've kind of realized over the last couple of generations that it's not the console that they need to make money on. And, and, mm. um, you know, it's, it's totally fine to be selling the consoles at a loss. And I expect, you know, both PlayStation and Xbox will probably be doing so for the most part. I mean, if you look at the specs for, mm. the, for the thing, like you, you'd pay more than that just for the, the video card if you were putting it in a PC. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's just it's just a case of is that fairly mitigated by increasing the price of games or is it again like quite radically anti-consumer which I think you could certainly make an argument for. I think you could. I think a lot of it also is this this again it's unavoidable coming up. The current climate is not one where mm-hmm. someone wants to see a $10 increase in something that they use as their primary sort of either escape or entertainment source. Nobody wants to see it. I shit. I lived in New Jersey. I didn't want to see the price of the George Washington Bridge go up by $2 in a year. And I mm-hmm. only used that thing like two or three times in a year at the time. So nobody wants to see it right now, I think, is above anything else. Whereas I think there are some people who are a little bit more rationalized, like like this discussion here. It still mm. is a hard hit to take in a year that's already been pretty shitty for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and especially because it was the same day the 3080 came out, and that was cheaper than everyone expected it to be. <laughs> for those uh, not in Australia, gamers. not in Australia, <laughs> not in but Australia. nothing is cheaper in Australia. <laughs> You could buy a car for less in Australia. <laughs> yeah, nothing's cheaper in Australia though, so it's always uh, um, it's always the time. Do we do have have we got pricing on PlayStation Plus? Is that being increased? I haven't paid attention because mm, I haven't I've seen not that I've seen so far. I've been subscribed to it for years. I get the email, thank you for your purchase every month, and I just don't even look at it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a choice. Yeah. You've you've ruined it. I don't have a fucking choice. Don't thank me for anything. You're fucking forcing. I can't do shit without this half the time. So, well, for people for people that already have it, um, it, it should be pretty stoked. I mean, let, let me see. Where's the list? Uh, do you guys know off the top of your head? 
No, no, I, I don't know. Uh, of the the games, the the yeah. games that they include. I know Bloodborne's in, on there. Monster you mean, you mean with the, the the update to the the PS4 library that's just now mm-hmm. part of the PlayStation Pass? Yeah, the thing that's yes. Yeah, again, it's not really like I com- earlier compared okay, to like to Game Pass, got, but yeah, yeah. I got I got a list for you. Uh, God of War, Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, Battlefield One, Monster Hunter World, Fallout Four, Final Fantasy Fifteen, The Last Guardian, Ratchet and Clank, Infamous Second Son, Days Gone, Bloodborne, Detroit Become Human, Batman Arkham Knight. Model Combat X, Persona 5, Until Dawn, and Resident Evil Biohazard are all going to be free on the PS Plus Pass from launch in PS5. And for people that already use PlayStation Plus, like, that is... That's a lot. That's a list of games I own. Yeah, that is a stacked (laughs) list. And that... I mean, you could play through all of those in, in a couple of months and then cancel your PS Plus membership if you really wanted. It is worth mentioning that does not include yeah. Iceborne and does not include Royal for Persona 5. It is the vanilla Persona 5. Okay. And it is vanilla right. world. So, mm. Still, like, that's pretty... That's, that's pretty a pretty good, good list. Still yeah. pretty stacked, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even look at that. I never, I never look at the next generation console and what's coming with it and ever consider mm-hmm. the last generation to be part of my decision-making. I look at what mm-hmm. the new things is. I Most of the games you just named have played through. Like, yeah, it's cool that they'll be on the pass. It's great for someone picking it up who didn't, who didn't play them. <laughs> I, That's not how I, I, I judge my yeah, next most generation. Most of those console. games are in my library right now. Yeah, most uh, of those yeah. games are in my library. So um, no, I look I, less at that and look more at everything else that was in it. But I do appreciate it from, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad to see other... Like, I don't use Game Pass, but I'm not... It's just because I don't like being subscribed to something just to get free games when ninety percent of the time. It's like it's like when you buy things on sale on Steam and you're like, Great, I got it on sale and then you have forty games you never played. It's like that's how I kind of feel when I'm paying monthly yeah. for Game Pass and I'm same for this exact kind of function. I only use plus to have the online functionality all the time. That's the only reason I even keep yeah. it. So Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, now, do, do any of you... I'm seeing so many articles banging on about the size of the PS5. And does anyone... Are you talking do, about memory or the actual size? No, I mean the physical dimensions of it. It weighs okay. four and a half kilos, which is uh, 10 pounds. Thank you for... I was just about to say, please tell me what I that think, is in American. Yeah, all right. Let me let me give you American measurements. Uh yeah, so it weighs it weighs ten pounds. It is fifteen point four inches by ten point two by four inches. That's not that big. Or uh, or thirty nine centimeters by twenty six centimeters by um, ten point four centimeters. It's it's huge. It's pretty big. It's a not lot bigger big. than it's a lot bigger than the Series X or the Series S. Like a lot bigger. Um, hey, at least it's not a. It's at least, at least it's not a damn drive-through speaker box. Yeah, damn, he's bad. just shitting on the design of the ass. He's not even. <laughs> I had nothing uh, bad to say about that. It just makes it just funny in pictures. Apparently, <laughs> losing the the disc drive will bring it down to eight point six pounds. I'm just I'm seeing so many articles banging on about the physical size of the thing and how, like, inconvenient that's going to be. And I'm like, do, it, do any of you use a full, uh, like, a full tower desktop? <laughs> like, 
I, who cares? Does anyone actually care? Is that actually like something that factors into people's decisions? Like, oh man, I, the PS5 looks great, but it's it's like thirty percent larger than the Xbox, so I guess I'm going for the Xbox. I feel like about two year and a half, maybe two years later, we're getting a slim PS5. So it's not even <laughs> really a big deal. Yeah, you wait for the slim. I'll wait I don't for the care. Yeah, uh, like it, it's a non-issue to me. Like I don't care about the size or anything. It, like I'll find like people are gonna find a place to put it. Yeah, like they will make space. Yeah, but here's the, so here's the thing. I can't think about how I manage space and manage games because I don't care. Everything's a mess around me. It'll go in the. It'll go in like yeah. the most. But yeah. I think back to my childhood. And I think back to like family members who had family entertainment systems and family rooms and things like that. And I think to the mm-hmm. amount of space they had available. And if they had something like this, something like this would just straight up not work. Now, obviously, the the mm. changes the way the way people organize family rooms or entertainment sections of their house is a lot different now. But I do, I there's still definitely a space problem for people that have that kind of setup. So mm-hmm. um, it's not fair for me to judge it on that. I, I just think back to the 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 TV sitting on the giant fucking thing with the cabinets and then the yeah. fucking plants on the top. And I think it would fit nowhere in that setup unless maybe you put it on its side somewhere. And I have a feeling yeah. You just put it on the floor. Like that's what I did when 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 we were kids. We yeah, and then, like, and then uh, I watched my friends get their their parents would like trip on it or yell at them for like leaving a mess because they'd have the wires and the control. Because eventually the kids would just yeah. be like drop the controller on the ground and just peace, and then their parents would lose their shit. So. Yeah, but that's that's part of the experience, isn't it? I, I remember <laughs> we had like a cabinet, and we would have to like take the console out of the cabinet, plug it all in. You know, it'd be on the floor, and then we'd play it. We'd sit on the floor, and then when we were done, we'd put it back. Um, <laughs> like this. Looks at the current spot for PS4. Yeah, my PS5 will fit there. <laughs> Depends on if you have it resting on its side or not. Mine's resting on its side, so it's not quite the same space comparison. Actually, I was talking about my childhood, and now I'm thinking about my partner and how anal she is with this stuff, and it's probably going to be exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be exactly the same. It's okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'll understand. But, yeah, so so the pricing aside, the console aside, obviously we've talked about the game price, the increase to that. Um, Before we get into kind of, for me, what is the biggest game announcement of the of the... The presentation, I think we can all kind of agree, it just is kind of the biggest announcement of that. What other games did you see that at this, that this showcase that weren't necessarily at previous showcases or were more in detail at the showcase that got you excited on the side? Other things, other reasons why you're picking up the console, I suppose, if you're picking from up. this showcase. From this showcase, it could be something new that was shown at this showcase as well, like something new, but it was about the old game. Like obviously, Demon Souls and Miles Morales both yeah. had sections mm-hmm. that uh, you know brought about some new excitement. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was mostly Demon Souls because I hadn't really like dived into it so much before I saw that trailer. I just knew that it wasn't going to be from Soft, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. Um, the the remaster is being done by Bluepoint, which uh, sorry remake, not remaster. It's a remake. It's being done by by Bluepoint, which is the the same group that did the 
the remake of Shadow of the Colossus, um, as well as they've handled like a, a bunch of uh, remakes and remasters from both PS2 and PS3 era. And uh, yeah, they, they've done a great job with those. And I, uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited for that. I think out of all the launch titles, that's what I'm most, uh, I'm most pumped for. Um, Miles Morales, yeah, I mean, Miles Morales is like a, it's, it's a good, like, um, showcase of the technology, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's not, I mean, I'm going to play it, but it's not necessarily like the thing I'm most excited for. I think it's one of those, like, play, play once, you know, probably like 15 hour campaign and don't, like, don't really go back too much. Um, I don't know. What, what about you, Mike? Was there anything that really jumped out at you? Oh, I'm feeling real motivated. That's, that's all I, all, that's all that comes to mind for me. Cause Devil May Cry 5 special edition was oh, something yeah, I've been course. waiting for since Devil May Cry 5 <laughs> came out. And that is also available mm. on launch day digitally. Uh, so I was, mm-hmm. I was feeling real motivated cause I got two Devil May Cry games in one fucking presentation as far as I'm concerned when it came mm-hmm. to the other title we're going to talk about. Um, the Demon Souls was, Demon Souls was a big one, although I felt like it looked kind of stiff almost. Maybe it just wasn't the best presentation of it. There were some. But those load times. The though. load times were great, but I, mm. it looked a little stiff to me. So I was a little concerned about that, but I'll, I'll still play it. I played the original. The original was, if we want to talk about stiff, the original is really, really stiff, but yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's stiff in the way that like Souls games are known for. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of looked at that and I thought it seemed like they were just trying to be true to it, you know? Like, they want it to feel better, but they don't want it to feel, like, completely alien, you know? They're not gonna, they're not gonna make a, uh, a remake of Demon's Souls that feels like Sekiro, you know? Right. It's still mm. got to be Demon's Souls. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really consider that. That's interesting. Um, I mean, okay, look, we got the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, God, um, I don't even want to talk about it. Fuck that. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I was going to say, I, wanna... I said before you even got on the thing, we probably shouldn't even talk I... about Harry Potter. No, it's... that's that's yeah. that's all I want to say. So if anyone's wondering why we're not, like, yammering on about that, because our position is quite quite clear. We're quite not clear, excited yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel bad for um, the devs on that because I've had other games where I really I don't I I'm not I don't I'm never going to shit on the people who worked on it if, if it ends up absolutely but yeah. I mean it's like Diablo Four I'm still conflicted about that with everything that's ha- happened with Blizzard in recent years but you know mm-hmm. at the same time I kind of want to support the devs and it's a little it's a little less uh, what's the word I'm looking for morally reprehensible I suppose to support uh, mm-hmm. Diablo Four mm-hmm. perhaps it's still quite a bit mm-hmm. but it's it's a rough situation mm-hmm. to be in for devs for that so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a gig. It's a job. The devs, uh, you know, I'm sure they're, they're wonderful people and they worked really hard on it and all that. And I hope no one, I hope no one gives them any hate or vitriol. I know they will get some hate, but yeah. like, you know, let's try and keep that in mind, everyone. But, uh, if it ends yeah, up being good, I'll at least congratulate the devs for a job well done. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, so let's see. Yeah. So I had, I had uh, Devil May Cry 5 is, is a huge one. God of, God of War 2. As soon as I saw that, I literally just went, boy, that's all I needed to see. It's God of War 5, technically. It's, it's, you know, it's Ragnarok. It's probably better to just call it Ragnarok, but, um, that's, oh man, that's, I need, oh, I need it. I need it. Boy. Uh, 
So that's, Man, that's I cannot fun. believe how much how much love um, Nordic culture has been getting these last like couple of years in particular between this and, mm-hmm. and Valhalla. Man, I'm gonna have Exciting. to replay the or I'm gonna have to play replay the old one when the new one gets a release date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sly, how are you feeling? Motivated? How motivated are you feeling? Uh, well, my motivating factors, uh, village, RE8. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, I, 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 so I have a question for you about that, because you were actually the person I wanted okay. to talk about the most. Was it just me, or is that trailer not that exciting? It, I, I need more info. Yeah. That's, we all, we all have more questions than answers, and I need, I need gameplay, and it, it, it has the same feel as RE7. Yeah. But I just need more info. It was like, such I, like I a hear... generic horror trailer, you know. Yeah, the first one was it, it, way it was. better. The first already, and mm. honestly, to be fair, it had it had the Redfield scene at the end. But yeah, I felt like this wasn't yeah. a great trailer. I felt that way about a lot of the seven yeah. trailers, though. To be honest, I remember feeling that way a lot of, about a lot of the the stuff about seven pre release, and then seven came out. I was like, wow. Yeah. So hopefully we will we'll see something maybe at TGS. I don't know. Um... The game I've been, I've kind of had interest in for a while, uh, Deathloop. Deathloop, uh, is really intriguing to me. Uh, like, one, what is it? Go ahead. If I see one more trailer for that fucking game, I'm gonna lose my mind. Every trailer is the fucking same thing. It's such a cool idea. It's gonna be a good game probably, but I'm sick of their trailers for it. There's, Stop! Yeah. It's the same fucking trailer every time. No, it's I. That's fine. It'll it'll be good. I actually think it'll be good too. I just can't. I I hate yeah. their trailers specifically. <laughs> I agree with you there, but um, another driving factor for me is that like um, we have a game where um, POCs are the main protagonists, and you don't see that in a lot of games these days. So uh, kudos kudos to the devs for. For bring, bringing in people of color as your protagonist and your your driving factors in the game, so I'm definitely interested. Um, Demon Souls, of course. Uh, I know Miles Morales is going to be good. My only issue is that I didn't play the first Spider Man. I, I feel like I need to go back and play it. Well, the the deluxe, be a problem. the deluxe edition will ship with it as well. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> I wouldn't, if you don't get around to it before Miles, I wouldn't, I, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I think well enough you'll, you, you'll be able to just go into Miles Morales. Miles Morales. I think yeah. you'll be okay. Okay. And isn't right. it, it's on, it's gonna be on PS4 also, I think, too. Isn't it? Yeah, Miles Morales is coming out on PS4 as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking, okay, it doesn't look like, yeah, it doesn't look like the first Spider-Man's gonna be on the PlayStation Plus list. I was just double checking that. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, the um, uh, the deluxe edition of Miles Morales will come with a digital copy of the first Spider-Man game. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good game, but if you don't get around to it, I'd still say just probably hop right into Miles Morales. I think I think you'll be fine okay. enough to do that. All right. Yeah, I'd say so. That's fair. There's a few scenes you might want to quickly grab, like a YouTube of, but not, not, not like a super whole lot. I think. Okay, so 
There is the main showing for a PlayStation 5 showcase, which for our channel, our channels in particular, is probably the biggest one. But I know Sly wasn't super happy. I didn't want to talk about the Nintendo Direct. <laughs> All right, what are you I'm doing, not angry. I'm not angry about it. Jesus Christ. You were not, you were not, it. you were not thrilled. You were like, wait, why not? Before the show started. And I was like, it's Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2. Both are probably going to be pretty good. The Rise stuff looks, I think looks great. I really like what I've seen of Rise looks so far. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It looks really, really good. Um, and then Stories 2, I never played Stories 1, but I hear it's like Pokemon Monster yeah, Hunter, same. kind of. Same. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been told. I don't know if that's accurate. I'm thinking about going back and streaming it. I'm thinking about it. Apparently, the West didn't oh, get no. any of the DLC for Stories One. I've been told, or something mm -hmm. like that. So I have no idea. I, I, I don't it know. It didn't seem to be terribly well received from from what I heard. I mean, like it, it seemed like it was a fine, you know, like Pokemon style game. But a lot of Monster Hunter fans were like, "Why this? This isn't what we want. <laughs> we want a Monster Hunter game." <laughs> You know, just just to be clear, I have you all know, of my stream reader stuff. Game. I have all my stream reader stuff turned off, and somehow I just played audio, and I have no idea how. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me because literally nothing with it is on anywhere, on any of my scenes or in. The, I don't know how it happened, but it scared the shit out of me. So, just disclaimer. I'm sorry for the loud noise. Hmm. Um, so you reckon stories two is going to be worth? having a look at. I'll take a look at it. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. I don't see why not. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't play the first one, Mike. It's it's. I didn't know the first one existed <laughs> until Stories oh. 2 was announced. <laughs> well, see, I knew about it. I knew about it. I just missed out on it. Like, mm -hmm. I was just playing too much shit. World was mm -hmm. really my introduction to Monster Hunter. I'd, heard, I'd known about it for years, but I never played it. Dauntless was my introduction to Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll give I'll give uh, stories two its fair shake as long as I don't need to play stories one to play stories two because I won't. Hmm, the yeah. only the only thing I don't like about Rise and the only thing I don't like about Monster Hunter Rise is the release date. Oh, because it's the same day as Balan Wonderworld, which I have been looking forward to for quite mm -hmm. some time, and that upsets me. Okay, so March twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. But that's like there was Disgaea six, there was Rune Factory five, you know Hades for Switch, which is. A, Great game if you're even if you're not picking it up for Switch. Hades is a great roguelike. I would could highly recommend it. Um, and, and boxing, boxing. Yeah, and boxing. Yeah, like there's not like there wasn't like stuff, but it was a mini direct. And it's, the, the partner uh, showcases are usually like, with the exception of like the, I guess the first partner showcase when we actually got confirmation of SMT five. So. Yeah, they're never going to mention it again, so it's fine. See, fuck this shit. Like, <laughs> I know we're doing, I know we're doing a 16 show. I'm invoking co-host rule <laughs> that the minute we get information about SNT5 in a full-blown trailer, I will analyze the shit. I will, we will do a TBG. Oh, I will geez. school, I will school these two jabronis about all that is SNT. There. Right, he's Sorry, a, which which which, which clause, clause is that? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be my which clause? Which I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah. I don't think that's ever been invoked before. It definitely has been, never so formally, mm. but it definitely has mm. been. The difference is, I'm normally the one invoking it, 
So I never say yeah. I'm invoking it. I just say this is happening, and you guys this is happening. Yeah, yes. I just got, I just get a, I just get a Twitter message. Hey, slide. So yeah, we're doing this right. I mean, yeah. that's literally how yeah, this TPG happened, and he's like, I figured probably. Yeah, yeah. I figured. All right. All right. This is SMT clause in in the in the hidden in the little the little text at the bottom of the contract. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, but now we are going to move on to the main topic of the show. The thing that the PS5 showcase, literally, if if anyone even still cares about a, a showcase, quote, winning, if that's even still a thing, this would it would have started on that note in this case with for the PlayStation 5. Because despite attempting to quash rumors and, and baseless accusations of involvement and in directing, which were still technically was right. Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. has indeed been confirmed for some time in the future, <laughs> whatever that ends up meaning at this point. And before we talk about it, I think it would behoove all of us to do something we've probably already done about a hundred times. hundred. Yeah. 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 To, to maybe go and watch it first. Before we talk about yeah. it, so uh, I don't know if you gentlemen want to pull it up and watch it as I'm playing it on stream. Uh, oh yeah, got absolutely. It up. All right. Well, on that note, uh, let's uh, let's watch let's watch the trailer one more time. Why not? Right, one more time. Love it for the next thousand. the target, Shiva's dominant, and only the dominant. How do we even know the girl will be among us? Our kind do not question orders, we follow them. Sergeant, they've summoned their icon. Icon? That thing's a bloody mountain. Our foe will not relinquish their mother crystal easily. This will be a bitter fight. You should not be out of doors. We have discussed this. Come, Joshua. Your father will be expecting us. I am Joshua's shield. I'm sworn to protect him. The Dalmex who drove back the Crusaders in the Battle of the Twin Realms, was it not? Without the blessing of the Mother Crystal, we cannot defend our realm from the spread of the Blight.
Prince Duke's son. So we can just watch it again, right? That's fine. Let me just loop yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, times. yeah. One more time. One more time. One more time. Yeah. Okay. One more time. Okay. All right. So that is the official Awakening trailer for Final Fantasy 16, and I get chills every time I watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So right off the bat, what what was I didn't watch either of your reactions to this? If there is a way to watch them, I'm sure Sly has one. I'm not sure about Athos, but. Ah, uh, words? <laughs> the initial reaction from the showcase was like, oh, okay, wow. Um, that's a hell of a way to start a goddamn showcase. Well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it was just like, it, I was just amazed. I was, <laughs> you know, like, what? What the fuck? The fuck? And just straight silent for the rest of the, the rest of the um the trailer. It, it was really good. It was really amazing. Yeah, I was I was speechless. Um, there might have been a little bit of tears, maybe just a little bit. Um, I was I was relieved <laughs> in a weird way because like we've known that this has been coming, right? And we we we've, we've known. Like, we haven't known, known, but we've known that Yoshida and his business uh, division has been behind it. Um, and there's been this sort of anticipation of, like, which direction is it going to go in? Is it going to be another, like, Final Fantasy 15 sort of production mess? Or is it going to be Yoshida's, like, dream Final Fantasy game that he's been talking about for years every time, you know, anyone's interviewed him about, you know, other projects or what's coming up next, like, what he wants to do. And and it seems like it's that, right? It seems like it it is what we were hoping for. Um, so there was this, like, overwhelming sense of relief for me, like, oh, thank God, it seems like they're on track, it seems like they're, 
they're doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. Um, and, uh, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, for, for, look, for the couple of people that, that don't know yet, it is Creative Business Unit 3, which is headed by Yoshida. Yoshida is producing. He's not directing it. He never lied. He never lied. <laughs> um, he said, that, he said that he was not going to step down from, from 14, from his roles in 14. And he's not. I, I know there's been like a lot of anxiety about that. Like, oh, well, does this mean that, you know, 14 is kind of like being palmed off to, to someone else? That's absolutely not the case. Um, so we know he's producing. We know that, uh, director is, um, Hiroshi Takai. Yes, Takai. Which, yes, if you yes. don't, if you don't remember, mm-hmm. if you've watched any of the fourteen-hour broadcast, he's the guy who they make do silly things. Who all does the all time. the crazy shit? Yeah, yeah. I think in yeah. the in the one Rising event, isn't he like on the back of like a like a horse or something? Like in in like a second? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Um and uh he was involved in the saga series he's been working on final fantasy games since final fantasy 5 he came on the the task force when yoshida took over 14 he was one of the people on that task force to kind of you know bring back 14 from the ashes so he's been working in in the background a lot he hasn't gotten as much you know like uh limelight as yoshida but he has been like heavily involved in uh 14's resurgence um yeah he directed last remnant uh, what else? Oh, we know one more person. This has not been confirmed. Is this but... uh, Ryota? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ryota Suzuki, uh, who was a battle designer for Capcom for 20 years, uh, mm-hmm. did the combat design of DMC5 and of Dragon's Dogma. Um, two games that have, that have very different, Opposite. but re- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very different, but very like innovative, uh, battle designs. Mm-hmm. And he is almost definitely the battle director for Final Fantasy 16. You can see he's the influence like throughout the trailer. Um, and, uh, I, I think that one of the things that people have been concerned about off the back of Final Fantasy 15 and to a lesser extent off the back of the Final Fantasy 7 remake is how the, the combat is going to be handled. And, um, mm-hmm. obviously it's not, you know, it's not turn-based every time there's a new Final Fantasy title, there's always going to be like, uh, you know, a small group of people that are like, back in my day, Final <laughs> Fantasy games were turn-based. What, what's this action RPG bullshit? But it seems like a very sort of like skill-based, minimalistic action RPG combat. One character, it seems like so I, far. I, either that or they just, yeah, so, so far. Yeah. So I've, far. I've got some things to say about that. Yeah. Um, we'll get to it. Okay. As, as for other people that are involved, we don't know for sure, but there was uh, a group of people that were working on 14 that left, uh, immediately after Heaven's Ward was launched. Um, and were moved to some mystery project, basically. And, uh, and it tells us two things. Firstly, that this has been in development since shortly after Heaven's Ward was launched. Um, and secondly, that these people are almost definitely on board. And for me, the most significant of those is Kazutoyo Mahiro, 
he was the lead main scenario writer for A Realm Reborn and Heaven's Ward. Um, he was moved to this mystery project. His involvement here has not been confirmed, but I think it is pretty safe to say that he is going to be the lead main scenario writer for 16, or at least one of the main scenario writers for 16, which is really exciting. I mean, Ishikawa is brilliant and amazing, has done wonderful things for 14, but um, she started under Mahiro, and he is uh, a really really excellent main scenario writer. Um, who else? Uh, who else? Oh, yeah. We've got Soken's name being thrown around. Yeah. Um, um, Alex. Yeah. yeah Alex yeah. made a video uh, yeah. breaking down the the, mm-hmm. the theme of the trailer and how there's a lot of Soken's, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, habits or, or, or things that he does in his other songs mm-hmm. that are... Um, iconic to him thus far. After he's, he's analyzed so much mm-hmm. music, I'll take his word for it. I that go watch go watch Alex's videos. Go go watch yeah go Alex watch Alex Mukala, yeah. um on uh, on YouTube. He's he's amazing. He's a funky Frenchman and he's amazing. Um, the, the the thing is like deconstructing the trailer OST. It's either Soken or it's someone who is being so heavily influenced by Soken that the OST is going to be awesome either way. Yeah. Either either he's writing it or whoever is writing it has been studying him and Soken, yeah. And and his sound and has you know Soken's stamp is going to be on it, his influence is going to be on it. So um I'm waiting for Soken to come out and say something, but uh I think at this point we're all kind of expecting that. Yeah. Um uh, who else? Who else have we got? There's a lot of there's a lot of rumors floating around. There's very little of the staff being confirmed at this point. Most people are just looking to trends. Yep. Um, I think there's a couple mm-hmm. of other people who disappeared between Stormblood and Shadowbringers that I remember being brought up when the credits for Shadowbringers first rolled. That were mm-hmm. uh, it's it's presumed, but really uh, it's a question of when did this really begin? Is is probably the question most people are asking, and I think a lot of that has to do with the scars of Versus Thirteen leading into Fifteen. Um, even somewhat mm-hmm. the scars of Seven Remake, because even though Seven Remake was not in development for 10, 15 years, it was something that since like 2003, people have mm-hmm. waited and anticipated on. So, um, people really want to know a time frame. People want to be able to predict a time frame. And so, the only time frame we almost have any certainty of is that Creative Division 3 was made in April of 2019 in the new fiscal year. Uh, and it was officially labeled as such, which is almost certainly something they did to better prioritize uh, development and resources going into this new project. So, mm-hmm. I I I'm feeling confident about this about about a release window for this game being made unknown to us next year, but not at releasing next year. I don't see that as chance in hell, personally. Yeah, I mean. It looks like what they've got, it is kind of hard to say, but it looks pretty damn polished. Um, Not polished enough for 2021. Dude, there's that crooked tree in the one scene. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't think that's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic. I'm really, really hoping that we see it at the end of next year, but, um, I'm, I'm not expecting that. I do think that they have been working on it since shortly after. Uh, Heaven's Ward, 
was released. And, and I think that that is going to help, um, assuage some of the concerns about Yoshida's role as well as like people are thinking like, even if he's still directing and producing 14, surely he's going to have to like dial back his involvement a little bit to prioritize 16. And to that, I say, well, first of all, 16 is not going to be, you know, an MMO, like long-term service game. It's going to be mostly like one and done. And secondly, I think most of that work has already been done. I think most of Yoshida's role has probably already been going on in the background for several years now without any of us even noticing. And it hasn't been affecting 14. There's no reason why we should assume that it will uh, in the next coming years, right? Right. The only other then question is how much was it impacted by COVID, which is obviously also on everyone's mind. Because obviously, no doubt, 16 was impacted at, in some way, shape, yeah. or form. So, uh, mm. But that also means they've now got all the systems in place to handle anything like that. So still same mm. learning lessons as, as 14, as far as I'm concerned, in that regard. I am really glad that Nomura is in the basement working on Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I'm excited. I feel the same way. Yes, I'm, I'm excited for the for part two. I enjoyed the remake, but I am so glad that he is on the sidelines for this one. Um, all love and power to him, but um, yeah, I've played Kingdom. I'd like to know if Matsuno has got anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Matsuno's apparently declined that he's involved at the moment. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So did Yoshida, but then again, Yoshida was was more like, uh, you asked me if I was directing. Don't believe mm-hmm. those rumors on the internet. I mean, look, it, it stinks of Matsuno, like Matsuno's flavor is all over it, but Matsuno's flavor is also all over 14, and Yoshida is a huge Matsuno fan. He's always talking about tactics and tactics ogre and Final Fantasy twelve and how, how much he's being influenced. Yeah, yeah, Vegas. There's a lot of people trying to try. We'll we'll talk about that about tie-ins, I Mm -hmm. suppose, with the 16 trailer because there is a lot to (laughs) sort of yeah dissolve from from what we see. Um, so one of so one of the big things that Yoshida said in recent years is that if he were, (laughs) you know, if Mm -hmm. I you know, not saying I am, but if I were to have my own Final Fantasy, I'd make sure it was it's a, a return to high fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, every time he says if, I'm just replacing it with, okay, but really though, it's, it's happening. Cause it's, it's every, it's when, when he says, when he says words like looking into it or uh-huh. still in development, it means it's not happening. Okay. But when he says mm-hmm. if, if this were to happen, it's already happening. Okay. So what you're saying is we should work backwards through every single interview where he's explored these hypotheticals yes. and just be like, confirmed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I remember going all the way back to 2013 when he was asked before Realm Reborn came out, if he were to pick any job that he could add from tactics, it would be Machinist into Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. That was before mm-hmm. Realm Reborn even came out. He also said, if mm-hmm. I had a choice from a classic Final Fantasy, it'd be Red Mage also. He just keeps, he says if, every time he says if, it pops up sooner or later. Hmm. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're right, like he has been saying for years that like this, this is his 
like here's my dream game that I that I want to make, and you know maybe if one day in the in the distant future I'll. It seems like he's doing it. it. Seems like he's been making it. Yeah, and it seems like those ifs have either been things that he's been actively doing at the time that he said it, or there are things that have been on his list of demands for if he accepts the position as producer for Final Fantasy Sixteen. Um, yeah, which is which is great. It's phenomenal. Um, speak, speaking of the the high fantasy vibe, it is also really dark. Um, so I was probably like Type Zero vibes. You get any? You get any like less technological yeah. Type Zero vibes from that slide? A little, not not too much Type Zero, but yeah, I agree. It is kind of on the on the dank side. A little we bit. We saw at like, least it's not. Go ahead. We we saw at least two characters just get like straight up wasted, murdered. Yeah, yeah, and screaming. And then a third um, one who we don't see the character, but we can assume somebody is being literally ripped apart from, like, the outside mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, Final Fantasy games have always been dark. Like, I- I'm seeing a lot of noise on social media at the moment about, like, oh, man, what what are they doing? Why are they trying to turn it into Game of Thrones or whatever? I'm like, this, this might be a little bit more, like, explicitly, but if you've been paying attention... Final Fantasy's always been like this. It's just usually been a little bit more subtle than what we're seeing in this trailer. Well, for a lot of Final Fantasy's existence, the technology behind doing something like this hasn't really been on the side of it. And then they've also shied away mm-hmm. from doing anything too explicit at times. Like, if you think back to a lot of the really old Final Fantasies, there's, there's times where people take, like, boulders, you know, they get, they get crushed to death to, mm-hmm. you know, save an ally or something like that. Um, and then you start to get into some of the later generations, like eight, I think is the, eight's one of the first ones where I really saw too much blood be drawn, seven, seven, two, but eight at the very beginning where he literally cuts his face open with Cypher mm-hmm. slicing that. I remember seeing that and thinking like, oh man, I didn't expect that. Obviously it's still mm-hmm. quite tame, but you move on and on and on and you move to, to 10 and, and, and 11 and 12 and 13. And the theme for the, the darkness is, is kind of like a theme always. Like there's always these, like in, these things that are, I guess, alluded to or not really seen. Mm-hmm. This one's just showing it to us. And I feel like with a more medieval high fantasy scene, most everything we see in fantasy that's from the medieval times is pretty fucking explicit. I feel like, and that kind of matches the the tone they're going for. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, and and that tone is also very much in Bon Riota's wheelhouse. And uh, interviews with him and his influences, um, he's always. I mean, he's making like similar references to Yoshida, being more interested in like the medieval high fantasy and stuff like that. But he's also like constantly banging on about Game of Thrones and. Um, the, the, the idea that, um, not the final uh, season. Ch- no, no, I can't imagine he's too fond of that. Um, and, and the idea that this sort of dichotomy of like good and evil, light and darkness is something that should be more complicated. It should be more, um, subverted and, uh, really exploring, uh, like politics and exploring the more like nuanced uh, character motivations and not shying away from, um, you know, adult themes and violence and stuff like that is something that Oda has been trying to put into 14 and only really getting like knocked back by the, like the ratings issues and stuff like that. Um, so I, I hope, I dare I hope that Oda is also 
involved in this somehow. Um, who knows? But uh, it definitely has his smell on it. I mean, the, the thing is, like, Yoshida producing and anyone from 14 being involved, it is going to look like 14. There are going to be so many 14 inspirations and illusions in it. Um, and, of course, that has been leading people to some pretty wild uh, conspiracy theories, which we have to get into. We will. We have to, eventually. Uh, I don't we, kinda, we 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 kind of went over some yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of yesterday we more so went over the less less the conspiracy theories about the game and more so that the existence of 16 under Yoshida will mean 14 will be impacted the, more directly. The deterrence yeah. of 14, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was more so the route we went yesterday. Less less so than mm. It's another shard or, you know, things like that, which, you know, we'll, we'll probably get into as we break down some of the, the dialogue of the trailer a little bit. Um, I don't know if you have any input mm-hmm. on, I, I think I know what your input is because I've, I've known you long enough about the whole, you know, oh, you know, so this means, yeah, yeah we're going to, you want to guess my position? That's not how, that's not how businesses work, I believe would be the position, at least the, uh, the outlook or anything along those lines. So what do, what do you think my um, opinion, my position is on um, what and how 16 might be tied into other... Oh, I meant more so about the development. Like, I, that was the first, oh. the first place about... Oh, right. Yeah. You're, speaking yeah, 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 about yeah. you're speaking about, like, how, how it's tied to other Final Fantasies. Yeah, no, I was talking about yeah. just the, the outright development team both being under that. That was the okay. topic we hit yesterday yeah. first, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I think I think we, we definitely see by the way on that. Have we confirmed that this is Fabla Nova Crystallis? No. No. It's not. <laughs> it's we, you know how not. we know it's not? Because they use the word icon. Okay, well I, I don't I don't think that that mm, is yeah. for Fabula Nova Always Crystallis, that's a pretty that's a pretty dead term in that in the Fabula Nova Crystallis. So no, definitely not. Specifically referring to, for anyone who is unaware, Fabula Nova Crystallis covers games like 13 and Type Zero and stuff like that. Those, those games fall under Fabula Nova Crystallis. They use terms like mm-hmm. Lissi and, and Falsi and, and they all have a similar, mm-hmm. uh, like astrology and, and mythos and this does not seem to be falling. <laughs> if I hear the word Falsi, I'm gonna be upset. Ever. Don't wanna hear it anymore. Eidolons, yes. That was the word. Yeah, Eidolons is, yeah. is from the previous ones. Icons, so this this is the... I'd say there are two things in this... There, there are two or three things about all 16 that lead people to create these conspiracy theories. One of them okay, is the go. term Icon, which mm-hmm. is exclusive to the Alligans and the Garleans in Final Fantasy XIV. It was basically given to them by Emmett, essentially, because he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Number two is Yoshida's involved. And number three... Mm-hmm. A bunch of other people from the 14 team are involved. There are some other little aspects in there that kind of creep through. Ifrit's design creeps through the the you know it's, a lot of the classic primals mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, there's a there's a lot that people are grabbing onto. Do you, do you want me to go down the list? For I you would love to see people grabbing the list. Up? Yeah, please. Okay. Number one, the chocobo looks like a shoe bill. Yeah, I saw right. that one on social media. It's a shoe 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 bokobo. 
Um, and, and obviously, obviously that's Emmett Selk, right? Because, you know, like that's the only shoe build in, in the franchise. It's got to be tied to Emmett Selk. Secondly, um, a free in Phoenix, right? Uh, those, those are a La Habrea's jam, right? And they've never appeared in any other game. Okay. <laughs> they're only, they're only attached to La Habrea. Okay. And, and, and we just got this story about La Habrea blazing a trail across these other shards. There's no way that could be a coincidence. So La Habrea is definitely, definitely involved. Okay. Um, thirdly, the protagonist, it's got the same voice actor as Ardbert, right? And you guys, you guys remember when Ardbert's voice came out of our mouth? All shards of Ardbert have got the same voice. This guy's an Ardbert shard. It's a shardbert. The protagonist is a shardbert. TM, 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 trademark, copyright, TM, shardbert. If I see anyone else using that name, I will sue. Um, it's a shardbert. Uh, what else? Um, Oh my goodness. Dragoons. Talking about mother crystals. Yeah, Dragoon. Talking about mother crystals. Everyone's like, oh, that's got to be Highland. It's got to be the mother crystal. The trailer's implying there's more than one mother crystal. It's talking about their mother crystal. They're going to defend their mother crystal. If you're, if you're making a distinction between one mother crystal and another crystal, you're implying that there's multiple mother crystals, which obviously does not fit. And secondly, mother crystals are like a common theme throughout all the Final Fantasy games. You're supposed to be backing up the um, conspiracy theories, not debunking them. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. There's never been crystals or mother crystals in, in, in any other one. Um, okay. The next one is uh, the Void in 14, the origins of the Void being people taking the power of icons using uh, aura sites, right? And use uh, basically eventually transforming into these monsters, cause the flood of darkness, all that. And at no point in any other Final Fantasy game has a character transformed into a summon. That's never happened. No one's ever hosted a summon before. That's something that's unique to 14 as well. So it's clearly demonstrably between, you know, Emmett Selk and Laha Brea and Shard, but oh, and there's a boy in it. Did you guys know that there's a boy in Final Fantasy 14? It's an elf boy, to be fair, but his shirt looks kind of similar. And, and there's no boys anywhere else. So there's the boy, right? Um, so between all of that, pe- people, people are convinced. There are so many people that are convinced <laughs> that this is like the origin story for the 13th shot. Welcome back, Sly. You didn't even need to hear mm-hmm. that. You knew exactly where I was going, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, um, it's purely incidental that there's, there's no other races, that there's only Midlander heroes in this world. I'm sure there's a very so reasonable explanation for that yeah hey the imperials um, look really tall just like in yeah in the gar just like the garleans do yeah that's that's true that's true uh but i mean that's that's the only one right like other than that it's like clearly demonstrably one of the shards isn't it so tell me how you really okay. feel there's a vagrant story connection the joshua looks kind of like the vagrant story joshua um, and also there is the, the very, lady who, with the pipe, mm-hmm. looks like one of the ladies yeah. from Vagrant Story too. Yeah. yeah. Also, Vagrant Story also. Um, yes. Yeah. So there's clearly there's clearly an inspiration there. The I think they have armor to, and helmets. That's tr- <laughs> oh my god! They do. They've got helmets. <laughs> they got helmets, and you know why they're wearing helmets, right? They're wearing helmets because they got to cover up that third eye. They're hiding it from us. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's right. 
He does actually look like a young Aldo from Eleven. I'll give you that. Joshua does look God, like a young Aldo. God, y'all are killing me. Fuck, man. I, I, um, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to throw all the jokes aside. It's Stone It's Stone mm-hmm. Wall. Just, I'm done. Yeah, joke. Hey, jokes, could you just step out for a minute? We don't need you <laughs> right now. You've had your fun jokes. You just wait outside. Okay. It's bullshit, all right? It's its own thing, okay? It, it, it draws inspiration from 14 for obvious reasons. It draws inspiration from other Final Fantasy games, just like every other Final Fantasy game has. And if there is a connection between one of them, it's going to be so arbitrary, like Easter egg conspiracy theory kind of stuff, like the connection between, you know, 10 and 7, which we had one dead snake. Yeah, yeah, which we had, we had one dev saying, oh yeah, totally. And another dev saying, no, obviously not. Obviously that is stupid. It's just an Easter egg. That, that is going to be like the, the, the most that we get. So I understand like we're all hyped about it as Final Fantasy 14 players. We want to like, you know, draw these connections and stuff like that. But talking about it as though it's self evident or it's like demonstrably true is just stupid. All right. Just take a step back. Just breathe. I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm crazy excited. I've already declared like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing lore content for 16 as well. I'm all about that. And if there's a connection there, if there's something to talk about between the two, we'll find it. We'll find it together. But for now, you guys are gonna drive me crazy for the next two years. I have to put up with this shit on my timeline. <laughs> it's just the thing is, it's just one trailer. And yes, you can draw so much, so much from one trailer. Drawing is from Final so Fantasy much. You can draw so much. From one trailer, you can draw so much from the dev team. Give it time. Let more information come out. Let more trailers come out. Just keep cool heads, okay? Please. Yeah, because if you don't, I won't. <laughs> and I'll have to hear it. We will have to hear it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, you will. There'll be no getting around that one, unfortunately. Um, now that being said, it's it's. I don't ever remember much of a discussion like this with with fifteen. I remember a lot of discussion that was like this with seven remake when some of the trailers started mm-hmm. coming out and people started seeing things that were like. Eh. And that's obviously the way that turned out is a whole different topic altogether, and how it's mm-hmm. still unfolding technically. Sixteen has taken a life of its own, I feel, so much faster than than what we've seen in recent years, because that, uh, it's it's just one of those trailers. They're, they give you enough verbiage and context without really you knowing, because you know that Creative Division 3's trailers have red herrings out the fucking ass, but we can still at least take apart a, a decent amount from what kind of world we'll be dealing with, so I think we should probably do some of that. Um, yeah. The first thing to take apart is icons, which again, a term from, from 14 is one of the largest, uh, contributing factors I feel to people having that, that sort of alternate shard theory in a sense. It's also not 16 shards guys. Come on. Everyone's like the other shards are all different final fantasies. And then 16 comes out. They're like, that's one of them. And it's like, that's not literally, you can't do that. That's not, that's you can't you can't subscribe to both theories all right it stops working after a certain point all right they're like 15 had a collaboration clearly you know 
<laughs> They're gonna do a collaboration with Sixteen. We're gonna have to have this conversation. I can't wait to have. I hope like Ardbert's like soul sees the the, the protagonist from the trailer. Just like, <laughs> I really, I really hope not. <laughs> what Ardbert meets Shardbert? Don't you want that? Yeah, the Spider-Man uh, pointing meme, but it's with Ardbert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody go make that and tweet it at us all real quick. Just have Ardbert on one that. of them and the protagonist from the 16, the, the older protagonist, which is a whole nother point. Please do that real quick. And that could be like, and just put Final Fantasy 14, 16 collaboration at the top. Just go do it real quick, internet. Uh, icons are probably the biggest thing to talk. I, th- I think that's deliberate because it seems like the story is pretty much entirely revolved around the icons, uh, based on what they've given us mm-hmm. thus far, at least on the surface of this. So right from the beginning, we get our, in the very first sentence of the trailer, we get that they are attempting to assassinate. By the way, I've cross-referenced the other trailers. And while in the English trailer, they say the target, which could mean kidnapping, assassination, whatever. In one of the other mm-hmm. languages, they specifically say the, the target to assassinate is Shiva's dominant. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the first thing to unpack is the term dominant, because it's our first peek about how icons work in this world and how the different nations revolve around them, in a sense. So, I'm sure you have a, a, a paragraph or two to talk about that term or how, what it may mean based on the context of the rest of the trailer. I look, I think between that and talking about their crystal um, and this this idea of like different sides having different icons, it it seems to be this. This is something we saw in as uh, we, we saw in Type Zero, but something we've seen Type in a zero. few yeah. different Final Fantasy titles is where there have been nations that have been built around a crystal that is of a particular aspect. Um, so you know there'll be like a Fire Nation and Ice Nation. Um, oh God, you just reminded me about Larry's tweet. Oh no. He's because he he tweeted. In fact, I'm gonna just go find. I'm not even gonna bother trying to. You you keep continue your point. I'm just continue your point. I'll um, I'll bring it up after the fact. So so it seems like each of these crystals are perhaps going to be containing, representing some. It's gonna have some connection to the the different icons, and then their their dominant is gonna be. Uh, you know, a, a priest, a chosen one, whatever that can channel those powers and can like take the form of the icon. That seems to mm-hmm. be the implication. That's what I got from it. Is like we're gonna go and try and assassinate the person that can become Shiva before they can do that thing. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. then they get caught between these two forces. Now. There is one, Larry's tweet, while it is, it is a joke, but also serious at the same time to some degree, it actually does bring up one major point that is kind of easy mm-hmm. to miss with one quick dialogue option that happens, or one quick bit of dialogue that happens in the trailer. Larry's tweet, mm-hmm. game theory, Final Fantasy 16 has different nations that are aligned to different elements and each have a dominant to control their icon, but everything changed mm-hmm. when Ifrit attacked. Damn it. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing, right? Which is really interesting and and sort of plays into this theory is when Ifrit is summoned, there's the the guard or whatever falling backwards, saying a, a second fire icon, but that's impossible. So it seems the idea that there is like one of each of these, and then the complicating factor is that someone's taken the 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 power 
of fire, some antagonistic force, I suspect is probably going to be trying to take, you know, co-opt the power of each of them um, and shattering that balance in some way. And it seems like we as a protagonist also have to do a similar thing because we're using uh, attacks that are have, like, you know, the, the sort of flavor, the iconography of both Phoenix and, and Titan. And Garuda. And Garuda, right. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so so I, I suspect that that is going to be, um, you know, like one of the, the sort of first major plot hooks is us needing to travel around the world to each of the crystals to recruit their powers. Very, very, like, classic Final Fantasy sort of idea and try and keep up with this antagonist that's trying to do the same kind of thing to their own, uh, you know, dastardly ends. It seems sort of, it seems sort of, uh, astral umbral in a way. Like seeing the, um, antagonist icons, you can see that as one or the other, vice versa. Uh, and then the okay. icons of, of, of each city state, I guess, mm-hmm. being, it's like either astral or umbral. And it does, there, I see a small, mm-hmm. my, like minute connection yeah. there. People are going to look for more and more things like that as more and more developers are unveiled, especially if they came from the 14 team. Like you said, if Oda is revealed, then people are going to be looking for recurring themes, like, you know, through and through. If he's not, then all the same, people are still going to be trying to tie yeah. things. I mean, that's just the Final Fantasy franchise as a whole. I mean, we, you always see yeah. recurring themes and things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. but what's, what's, so you bring up, that's, that's probably the biggest point is that if, if Freet is, is basically considered, uh, it's an impossibility. They don't even recognize mm-hmm. him. They're not like, oh my god, that's Efreet. There's like, wait, a second one. They, they, he's unnamed. We only know because we've played Final Fantasy all these years. Um, yeah. What's most interesting about that scene is is the, how many red herrings are potentially in the scene that unveils Efreet. So what we can what we can deduce is that we see the boy, the the young boy, as Phoenix's dominant. It's even explicitly mm-hmm. stated at one point. They just say Josh, the, 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 the Archduke's son, Phoenix, you know, they, they just, they mm-hmm. say that pretty much. What's, what seems to be most interesting is after his father, which we can presume that's his father, the Archduke, who's killed right in front of him with blood splattered on his face, he loses his shit and mm-hmm. we see a tall, fiery figure take the form of Ifrit. That's when the second fire icon. Is that him using Phoenix's power to resurrect his father and thus creating a second one? Or, or do we think that he actually, that the little boy is actually Ifrit and that's a red herring that Phoenix is actually something else since we see the protagonist with Phoenix powers as much as we see him with other icon powers? It's, it's a bit yeah. of a tough one. My, my first uh, assumption, I guess, was that he was Phoenix, that whoever had murdered presumably his father, was there to somehow co-opt the power of the crystal um, and did so and became a freak. And I think the red herring might be that he also kills Joshua because it seems like there's the shot of him, like after he's been summoned, like leaning over, like tearing up, like at yeah, something. Yeah, I think that's him tearing up Phoenix, over. not a person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's him tearing up Phoenix. Um, and, you know, the question of whether Phoenix can be killed or not 
is obviously up in the air there, but mm-hmm. the idea of the, the protagonist being the personal bodyguard to this kid who his father's murdered, then he is murdered, and their whole kingdom falls as a result of the failings of this bodyguard, and then the bodyguard being like, I am going to kill you if that's the last thing I do, and, uh, you know, seemingly taking up this this other job with this group of, I don't know, mercenaries or, or wh- whatever it is, and, and going on this, like, it seems like years-long revenge odyssey yeah. to, to mm-hmm. hunt down and kill this guy that murdered Joshua and Joshua's father was again, the first impulse that I took. And I, and I think like a really, really, really compelling idea is, you know, that and, and, and Joshua dying somehow being able to bestow like the, the remainder of Phoenix's power onto the bodyguards. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that would be a really interesting narrative and it makes sense because the other theory so right now we only think there's one protagonist one playable character and it is that there's a large Mm -hmm. time skip at some Mm -hmm. point uh which i think is a perfectly valid way to unpack everything that we see there um likely ending with the ifrit and phoenix scene and then cutting back to when they're dealing with shiva's dominant probably being like where around the time skip would would find them um Mm -hmm. Because I've, I've, I've taken a, a look back. I actually need to go back and look at it one more time. We don't have to watch the whole thing. But we see uh, that when he's older, when the older version is the one that actually goes ahead and uses uh, uses the the other icon's powers. Um, I don't. I, I, the big thing I need to check is Garuda, um, because I think he's actually still young when he uses Garuda's power. But I wouldn't. I'm not going to take that too seriously because they're just trying to do a showcase without spoiling too much. So. It's hard to tell, like, why... No, he is No, he is older when he's using Garuda's powers as well. So, yeah. He's younger when he's using Phoenix's power, and he's using... Mm-hmm. Um, and he's older when he's using both Garuda and Titan's power. So, mm-hmm. it still feels like that's, that's somewhat the line of things that along the process of going after the dominance, he is in some way, you know, absorbing or being granted gifts by the, uh, by the, the various dominance or icons. So... I'm quite curious to see how that pans out because there's there's a lot there's a lot to be said about that and how far they'll mm-hmm. take it. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems like a a compelling narrative. Um, you just reminded me the 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 face tattoo. There are also yeah. people that are grabbing onto that and being like, "Oh, the fourteen Charlians." Doesn't look anything like it. <laughs> no, that could the face tattoo could have a number of reasons. People have already brought up that could be something to mark a criminal, or or it could just be part of the uh, the crew that he's hanging out with. That's how they identify each other, and things like mm-hmm. that. There's plenty of reasons for the face tattoo that aren't an archon. <laughs> Jesus Christ! People, <sighs> people are seriously grabbing onto that one. No, I know. I, mm. there's a lot of things people are grabbing onto and, and it's an L, it's a Lassie brand for the Fabuleno with Chrysalis. That's another one. <laughs> uh, oh man. It's okay. Oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> that's how I feel now, about, since this came out, that's literally my only word since it came out. Just oh, boy, oh boy. 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 Um, Mike, you said you had some thoughts about the the combat and whether or not it's going to be 
um, controlling a single player. I like the idea of controlling a single player and having like NPC party members that will come in at certain points and hopefully that you can have like, I guess like the similar sort of battle synergy to Final Fantasy 15, like one of the absolute strongest parts of Final Fantasy 15 was those like, like link, what, what are they called? Link, link action? You are, you are, you are on the link right attack. Yeah. Link attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was one of the strongest parts of Final Fantasy 15 and, and its combat system. Um, so I'd be hoping for something like that, but I don't mind like the idea of just having a really minimalistic, like cut, cut all of like, cut all of the stereotypical JRPG bullshit from the combat systems. Uh-huh. You know, keep it simple. I mean, I don't mind the idea of the- something that's more skill focused, Sly. Mm-hmm. Again, the Battle Desire did Devil May Cry and Dragon's Dogma. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind controlling a, going back and controlling a single character and some people may hate it. Pawns. They do their own thing. Donald yeah. and Goofy are give me very different vibes than you guys apparently is all I've taken away from this. <laughs> <laughs> You can change your pawn's um, inclination at yeah. any time. Just mm-hmm. saying. I like I like that. I like something like that. Something almost like something almost like the gambit system. Just just having NPCs that you can uh, basically set and forget and don't have to micromanage like every two seconds in every fight. Yep. You can focus on the skill checks. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, particularly people that want to go back to turn-based combat for Final Fantasy, this is not going to be their, their cup of tea. And like, I'm sorry to piss on your chips, but for me personally, the more like skill-based action combat is, is what I want and what I will find, uh, you know, compelling and will keep me wanting to, you know, play it basically. Or 12 for me with 7 Remake. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, 7 Remake did the party system perfectly fine. I had, I had no qualms with that. I made a yeah. lot of use of it. <laughs> a lot of use mm. of that game's party system. Um, the big thing with, with the combat designer, we've, we've, we've got a decent inkling of, of other things he's worked on before. Um, he's done everything from, well, assuming it's, it is the person. Again, there has not been a hard confirmation, but it oozes his work mm. is, mm. is the big thing. Um, we've, we've got, uh, we've got a good idea of what he's worked on. I mean, he's he, going all the way back. He was even a, a combat planner, not really a du- combat dev, but a combat planner for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Like he's, he's seen it all. All right. <laughs> he's, he's seen yeah, 20 years with Capcom. Yeah. He's, he's done a lot of things with Capcom and he's no stranger to focusing on a single play, a single character's, um, combat system, but also just having several different singular characters that you focus on at different points in different mm-hmm. plot lines and different sections of the game. So I'm mm-hmm. not entirely set on the idea that this one character is the only character, especially in a story that seems to be all about so many different nations at play and, mm-hmm. uh, and their aspects. But this would be like the Dante of the game, I feel like you know that's 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 the kind of vibe I get. No matter which direction they take with it, if I have to draw to one of his other works, this is the Dante of of this game. 
But that doesn't okay. mean there can't be a Nero, a V, a Trish, uh, a Virgil. Mm. You know, Virgil. Some, yeah, yeah, you know, somebody, somebody who just doesn't use anything like is something that's heavier, something that's that's more that's 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 more aerial. You know, there's there's room for things like that. It's how much they want to jam pack into one character versus how willing they are to explore the avenues of other characters and other uh, perspectives on the same events. Mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced it's one character yet. I'm not. I don't think it's. I, don't, I think it's likely. I think it's. I think I would. That would be my first takeaway from this. But that it's not unlikely that some of the other characters that we've seen already may even be playable at some point. And okay. I don't think they'll be playable like seven remake style party members either. I, it's the thing. I think that the pawns idea that's that Sly's working on is the most likely thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that's what I prefer. Um, my my other big question is: Do we do we think it's going to be open world? Because, um, uh, fifteen was mostly open world, although it often didn't feel like it. Final Fantasy mm. VII remake was very much on the rails, and the next part will probably be a little bit more open world. But I'm I'm really hoping for almost like a like a Witcher style. Open world. Sorry, I saw Final Fantasy 16 Special Edition featuring Virgil, and I just couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, memes. So oh, memes. Um, <coughs> Sly, you go first. I see this as being very, very linear. Very. I mean, I, I feel it's not going to be as open as 15. Mm-hmm. There will be. There'll be a certain extent to where you can go and what you can do, but I really feel like this will be pretty much on rails. So okay. what Sly's saying, Sly's what Sly's saying is along the lines of what I want to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna state a little bit differently. I feel like over the years, there's something I've noticed in the Final Fantasy franchise when people talk about it. It's the lack of some people's ability or the ability to distinguish between what is an open world and what is a world map. Because a world map mm. is not open world until the very end. It is something that drives mm. you in a specific direction with a, you know, a couple of True. activities along the way that kind of, True. you know, hold you as distractions. There are for, for all purposes in, in linear, but without telling you, here's the path and here's the end of the path. If you know what I mean. And that's how I feel it'll be here. You'll be in portions of the game. You'll be in specific points of the world given to where the story dictates you can be or need to be at any given time, but you're not going to get in your car and drive to the other side of the world, like in 15, just to go to some random objective that you've, you have no idea if there's even anything too important there. You're just kind of doing it for the sake of it. Um, so, And that's very classic Final Fantasy. Here's a portion of the world you're allowed to go to. Um, there's a few things for you to do here, and then, you know, eventually you'll find your way to what is our intended next location for you. And by the end of it all, you'll be able to go everywhere, but it'll be by the end of it all, closer to the climax of the entire story. Okay, so you think the structure will be, like, classic Final Fantasy? Yeah, but without, not not actually having a world map, but the same intended function of the world map of old, in essence. Without okay. setting you on paths. I do think it'll be open areas. Like, you'll, you, you, if you want, you can just hug the wall the whole time and, like, avoid everything and maybe find a cave or something. But that they're not going to see, like, it's not going to be like 10 where it's save point, 
go, and then save point, go, save point, go, save point, go. 12 is a pretty good comparison where they lock you out of, you know, they, they let you go to all these different areas, but you ultimately have an end goal that's very recognizable where it is. One thing I want to ask, um, and again, this just might be the SMT in me. Um, would you ever want choice in your Final Fantasy? Yeah, I like totally. choice. Mm-hmm. I'm always I'm always for choice. But let me put it this way though: I'm for choice. I'm not for twelve endings. Oh God, no! Yeah. Let me let me be very clear about that. I I want if I make a right. decision, I like it to have some degree of impact. I don't mind being just told a story either. I have no issue with that. But I'm always for right. opening opening up the dialogue, but never to the point where. It's like bad end, good end one, good end two, good end three. Oh no, yeah, yeah it's never like that. Um, because for pretty much the most part, for pretty much everything, all Final Fantasies, it's been A to Z. It's always been one way. You never had, you never had choice, and even in even within fourteen, your choice really never really mattered. Like it, it didn't mean anything. I would love to see a Final Fantasy where your choice really impacted the story. Like, it, it really means something. It drives the story in complete different directions, and it gives replayability to it. I would love to see that in a Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I don't, think, well. I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen here, but I would love no. to see it. Yeah, all of Final Fantasy's narratives are so so tightly woven and so like tightly controlled and tightly paced that it seems really, really unlikely that we'll be able to make any choices that have like effect on like a main story. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm I'm hoping that we have an open world that's full of lots of side objectives and things that we can go and grind and, you know, people that we can help and, you know, interesting, you know, characters for side stories and stuff like that. And having having some choice in there where like we can choose to save someone or kill them and but but not have an impact on the main scenario other than maybe like a couple of lines of flavor here and there. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I would love to have like a full-blown like morality system with, you know, options to, you know, save or, or kill major NPCs that, you know, tie in like down the way and then have them sort of converge back to a point in the final chapter so that there's maybe you know, two or three different endings. Um, but um, I'm, I'm not expecting that. I'm, I'm more I'm, of the line, if I'm going to have decisions that actually impact the ending, the way Persona does it, where you kind of come to mm-hmm. a point where you're told... So, you know, Persona's still... Like one choice. Linear. You're yeah, it's one, like, yeah, yeah, Persona's incredibly choice, linear. Persona gives you yeah. choice... It's still pretty linear. Like, yeah, Persona's, I mean, Persona's a good example. Where like I don't mind if there's like a a, a, a breaking point or this one decision has like a branching effect, mm-hmm. and I can you mm-hmm. know I can see what one branching effect is. Go back and and continue along mm-hmm. what is considered kind of like the true side. But the majority of the decisions you make determine things like rewards or you know how time is spent or something. But it, it, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you follow what is the the intended path and they'll make sure that they direct you as much to it as possible, that mm-hmm. you will see what is the intended story, what is the intended ending. Mm. 
I think I think the best game that has ever handled a, a system like what we're describing would be Knights of the Old Republic, the original one. Um, and I love that so so much, but it's not something that's really like replicable with um with this generation. I don't think. I just don't really see it happening. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think it will. Um, just, uh, I just want smaller grade decisions. I just don't want mm-hmm. a shit ton of endings for no reason. Because for me, mm-hmm. that is not a reason to play a game over and over again. <laughs> it isn't. I'm gonna find out what te- what gives me the factual story. What is what is what is intended for me to know? Because mm-hmm. there is one. Even if there's options for alternate endings, there is always there's a reason why the term true end exists. Yeah, there's like the canon intended. Yeah, thing. I and just then there's like you know, yeah. bonus stuff. Yeah, yeah. So just having yeah. a shit ton of not true endings is not mm-hmm. something for me. And, so, and, and like I said, I'm I'm the SMT school of thought. I just need three or four endings. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like three, like based on alignment, and then one true. That's all I need. I don't need okay. like seven. Yeah, you know what's another good game that does, that does slash sort of true endings pretty well is Bloodborne. You can either choose to have your head cut off or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's two different endings, but if you do, or yeah, Soulsborne, yeah. 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 Or you choose to, or you know, and then you have the three items, you have the three umbilical cords, and if you've eaten those, Mm -hmm. which is a sentence I hate saying every time, um, then one of those decisions leads to an extra boss, which. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think that that's that the scope of that is is quite acceptable. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm I'm just all for adding replayability. Listen, I so so for me having multiple endings does not increase replayability at all. Like not not even a little bit. It depends it, on what you put behind them, though. No, for me it doesn't. It doesn't even depend on what you put behind it. If you put a cool cutscene behind it or something, I'll just go and fucking watch it on YouTube. I I don't care. Um. It's it's a nice bonus if it's mm-hmm. a game that I want to replay, right? If it's a game that earns that from me with a, like, mm-hmm. a really, really fun, compelling gameplay loop that I want to keep playing after that first, you know, 20 to 40 hours or however long it is. If I want to mm-hmm. go back and play it again and I know there's another ending, I'm like, oh, great. There's there's another like little bonus for me for replaying it. But um uh, I mean, th- th- this is my main problem with, with Nier Automata, right? Is that people talk about the endings as being this incentive for replay. And I'm like, but it's not, if, you're if, intended to do all of those endings. They're not optional. They're yeah, not you alternate are, you endings. Are, you, you're right. Yeah. You're yeah. right. They're not alternate endings. It's like, you know, linear kind of stacking endings. Yeah. But I'm still in the position that like that, that will not incentivize me if I'm, if I have played 40 hours of the game and I'm like, all right, I'm done the gameplay loop, like, I've gotten as much out of it as I can. That's the only thing that's going to keep me invested in it, is wanting mm. to keep playing the game. Um, so, yeah, alternate endings, nice bonus, not not an incentive for replayability for me, I don't think. I agree. Uh, but you know what is an incentive? Some RPG elements. And that's one thing we don't really know much about with this because there, because whenever you go the action route, RPG elements kind of falls to kind of like a very simple wayside. We've seen it a lot. A lot of games that you normally wouldn't brand as RPGs basically throw in a few stats and say, yeah, we're an action RPG now. As much as I love God of War, mm-hmm. it is definitely in that route in the most recent one where they're just like, yeah, there's a skill tree and, uh, 
and the gear has like health or attack, and it's like okay. And then I don't know. There's all sorts of games do it nowadays. And the question is: Is it going to be going closer to that route where it's like the bare minimum of what qualifies for something that people identify as RPG or? Do you think they're going to be uh, – it's going to be any different than that? Because I think it's going to be fairly simplified. Being Devil May Cry is is what we're expecting it to kind of fall under. You know, get you the options. The options are pretty simple to get to, but it's going to be about how you use them for the most part. I think that the stuff that's going to influence the, the combat is probably going to be quite, like, minimalistic and streamlined. Um, but uh... – I don't know. I, I still think there's going to be stuff to grind, you know? There's going to be, you know, like, secret bonus weapons and side bosses and, um, you know, hopefully some, uh, like, aesthetic stuff to collect. There's going to be, there's going to be a bunch of shit to collect, surely. Yeah. No, I, 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 don't I, I don't, I don't think, like, there's so much more to an RPG than, like, combat. You know, there's so many other elements to <laughs> role-playing. Right. And uh, having simple, streamlined, skill-based combat doesn't necessarily, like, eliminate the, the entire scope of the rest of that. I mean, I know we're we're talking from an action RPG standpoint. I know that, you know, it's easy to talk about it when... You know, one of the devs worked on Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. I kind of compare this, and I know you probably wouldn't say RPG. I, I kind of compare this in, in terms of combat, in terms of just looking at combat, which is just the only thing we can see and know right now. I kind of compare this to uh, Darksiders a little bit in terms of combat, in terms of um, possible depth. Like, Darksiders allowed you to... There was a... Dark Souls didn't have a high, a really high ceiling. It's one of those games. It, it's 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 one of those games where it's like easy to pick up, hard to master in terms mm-hmm. of combat. It, it allows you to be who you wanted to be, and um, you could get through in any kind of way. And I feel like I feel like sixteen will kind of take that that turn in terms of uh, strictly combat from the RPG side. I. The only thing I can really see is like a skill tree and like, I mean, there has to be some role playing. I mean, it's, it's a final fantasy. Like we're, they're not going to deviate from that, but I don't know how I don't want it to be. I just don't want it to be shoehorned in to an action RPG game. I want, I want the RPG to be shoehorned into an action game. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I can't yeah. help but get the feeling that certain concepts of Final Fantasy may not be present in that, or I guess in uh, some people's perception of it, because we see the way that the combat works with the icons to some degree. We see that when he has the Phoenix icon, you know, he's got this launcher with, with the Phoenix and he shoots mm-hmm. fireballs really quickly and he, uh, he's got some aerial dodge. He's, he's, he's got a few, he's got a few tools, you know, up his butt, but we don't see much of the other ones. Garuda, we see, a we see a, a, a pull kind of attack and we see, uh, we see mm-hmm. the talon swipe in the air that slowly knocks the enemy over. With Titan, we see a parry into yeah. a follow up attack where he actually puts his sword away and just full on punches. That was the most DMC feeling thing I had in that entire, in that entire trailer. 
be given my favorite mm-hmm. weapon in four with Dante, in, in pretty much all of them, is always the fists. Every single time, it is always the fists. So, do, do you think we're going to have multiple weapons, or is it just going to be about having different stances yes. with the different icons? Well, absolutely. I'd love multiple weapons. I'd love to be I, I able to, like, sword and board, and then, you know, go spear for a bit, and well, I think that would be great. That's why I'm wondering if there's more than one character. Because that's where I'd see the weapons. Yeah, the weapon change. I, I'd have a feeling the primary character is probably the big thing that's going to be swappable is the icons. But I, but the bigger mm-hmm. thing is less so the separation of magic and icon, and more so magic being dictated by which icon you have. So if you have mm-hmm. tight, if you're currently in Titan stance or whatever, you're probably using more Earth focused magics. If you're in Phoenix stance, you're probably mm-hmm. using fire or life based. Magics, and we kind of see that mm. reflected in the parts. All the parts where he's just using Phoenix, he's shooting fireballs as his basic ranged attack. And is that mm-hmm. closer to magic as we would identify it in a Final Fantasy sense? You know, fire, fire, fireaga. As it gets stronger in that sense, or is it closer to mm. something like uh, Dante's ebony and ivory guns? Yeah. yeah. You know, so those those are the things. And then are there variations on those projectiles? A lot of it is just taking, the, again, the bare bones of what we saw and trying to apply it to what we think about Devil May Cry versus what we think about Final Fantasy. Mm. So. I feel, I feel like it's easy to get lost in that, like get lost in the whole comparison with Devil May Cry because it's it's such an easy comparison. As, as, I mean, being as it's recent, we've all played, like most of us have played DMC5. And, and, it's easy to see that comparison with combat and stances and, you know, you, you kill a boss, you get a certain type of weapon, like, you know, the, the motorcycle or the, um, the, the really big cannon on, in DMC5. So yeah, I, I really feel like it's too easy to get lost in that, that illusion and comparison. I agree. Um, I, I, I'm going to be more interested now that the Devil May Cry influences are self-evident, I'm going to be more interested in exploring the Dragon's Dogma influences. Yeah, and that's if me. we see in a future trailer um, with the protagonist like climbing up onto the side of an icon and like stabbing it in the eye or something, oh, oh, yes. or or like picking up NPCs and like throwing yeeting them out in the sea. <laughs> I will, oh my god, I will get such a chub over that. Because look, uh, Devil May Cry, you know, is, is great and all. Um, the, it, it's, that style of combat is something you need to have in your hands and you need to, you need to feel it out because visually it's quite like homogenized now, mm-hmm. you know, there are so, so many games that are trying to look and feel like, like Devil May Cry. Um, yeah. and looking at it, will only tell you so much. Um so yeah, I'm 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 with Sly. I think I think the DMC influences are self evident. I'm hoping to see some divergence. I'm hoping to see mm-hmm. something that is is different. Something that is um uh perhaps a little bit more innovative. Which I think we should be expecting from from this team, yeah. you know. I don't think we should be yeah. expecting a, a cut and paste of DMC combat. We should be expecting some serious innovation on uh, on on Final Fantasy, on the IP, on the genre. Um, I think we should have really, really high expectations of this project. 
I certainly do. I don't know about you guys. The one thing I'm still grappling with is if they'll even be summoning. I think there will be. I think whichever mm-hmm. icon you have equipped will likely be some degree of summon. I think I think it makes sense to 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 assume that some sort of gauge or some sort of method of summoning once per fight or some shit like that based on whatever you have equipped is mm-hmm. reasonable. Which would definitely be different from Devil May Cry. <laughs> Devil May Cry, you... You don't, you become a demon, but you don't summon. And if I become Ifrit, I'm okay with that. <laughs> if I become Garuda, I'm okay with that. Mm. So you're thinking that you'll have uh, a limit break where you literally just like, uh, oh, what, what, are they, what are they calling it? Uh, what Joshua is for Phoenix? Dominant. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Do, you. do you think? Do you think like our limit break will be like becoming a dominant? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of devil trigger, it's dreadworm. Dreadworm trigger. There you go. I could party with that. I could party with that as well. Even if it's a solo game, I can party with that. Is it going to be a solo game? I guess that's another big question. We there, talked about people- that already. Yeah. yeah, I said pawns. I said yeah. pawns. Yeah, he said pawns. Yeah, yeah, but do we think it's gonna perhaps have some, you know, end game side content co op elements like fifteen bits? Yeah, I won't be surprised. To... I won't be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's given because... given what that division has under its belt already. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost hard to imagine it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like end game challenge dungeons or something that are co op. I think that would be. Interesting. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna call a spade for a spade. The game's gonna have DLC, and one of them's probably gonna be multiplayer. <laughs> I'm I feel I feel somewhat confident in that. As much as it's a single player game, I just I can't. It's 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 this generation. Yeah, I'm always gonna think that a game's gonna have DLC or, or multiplayer or something thrown in, even if there's no real reason to think it. Shit, when mm-hmm. the new the Tomb Raider game started coming out, I didn't think they would have multiplayer, and then they had fucking deathmatch and shit, and I was just like, okay, fuck it. It's just yeah, it just right. happens. Why not? Why yeah. not? I just wouldn't be surprised. No, I just don't expect it to be like live service. That that no, yeah, I, I hope not. Honestly. No. Because if it is live service, then uh, Yoshida's priorities might be split. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything to be live service-y. I think just mm-hmm. they'll release it, they'll have DLCs for it, it'll end, they'll move on to 17. Not this team in particular, but like the company. will move on to 17. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out, but we've probably got I'm going to guess quarter two 2022. If I'm that's my optimistic guess as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Quarter two, okay. Mm. Quarter two 2022. I am going to be super super optimistic, and I'm going to say Christmas 2021. That is very optimistic. That is yeah. really optimistic. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I'm going to stick to it. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima has multiplayer now, so you never know. Rit. Oh, yeah, it does too. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> recent thing. They did a free update for it not too long ago. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing I took away was that, given who's in charge of it, this is not a versus 13 situation. No. This is, this is not a no. see in 10 years announcing it way too early kind of situation. Yeah. This this is a... it's We're making it exclusively for the PS5. 
we're going to it's it's going to be a thing. Here you go. We'll see you in 2021. Fact that they said they wouldn't have any, they wouldn't talk about it again until 2021 tells me their priorities are probably in the right place. Mm. Like, all right, we've shown you, but now for fucking real, we need to get back to work. All right. And then when seven remake two coming out is the other question. And how will it coincide with that? How close will it be in, in relation to 16 release wise? Hmm. You know, maybe maybe Christmas next year is a safer bet for part two of the remake. Maybe. I don't think there's safe bets at, at all when it comes to No, there's topic. no safe bets with that. No, yeah, no, no, no there's, not, there's no safe really. bets for anything no, at this point. No. I'm just I'm just really hoping that they do just check check the locks on the basement, all right? Okay? Cuz you know, Nomura's seen that trailer and he's going to try to get out. He's going to try to take it. He's going to try to get out and get his <laughs> grubby paws all over it. And he's got work to do, all right? <laughs> yeah, on 7. He said he wants 7 Remake 2 to come out quickly. He did say that, yeah. Yeah. He wants it out. He's but like, is, I know people is, are really excited. Quickly, what does quickly mean for Nomura? What does that even mean for him at this point? It means Melody of Memories and later this year. That's what it means. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's what it means to me. Okay, well, gentlemen, um, I'd say we've uh, we've beaten this horse. It's still not dead, and that's fine because I want it to be very much alive. So I uh, I'll say, is there anything else that you we didn't touch upon that you <laughs> somebody tweeted the collaboration thing? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad retweet. There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I had nice. to retweet it. <laughs> I'm so happy when I'm seeing that right now. Please go to my Twitter and uh, please click on my most recent retweet and please feel free to share that because I... Uh, right. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's and mate. There you go. That's, uh, that's beautiful. I'm glad I've retweeted uh, that. My man. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to we need to touch upon uh, regarding uh, 16 or the PS5 showcase? That we didn't uh, that we didn't get to touch upon today. Um, we hit it pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, main points. Um, we're way more excited to get it like at launch. Um, Final Fantasy sixteen is exciting. Uh, fuck J.K. Rowling and Demon Souls. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we got. That. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think we covered the main points. Yeah. Mm. And you too, cool. you too, Sly? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. I mean, yeah, like, we could, I mean, we mentioned the switch in passing, but that's it. But yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. When they announce a Switch Pro, we can do a show about that too. Yeah, sure. I've been waiting however many years go. for that now, so I can have a real console from Nintendo. Anyway. Um, maybe they can include an Ethernet port because I was on about that yesterday. That'd be really cool yeah, if I didn't have to buy an extra Ethernet port. Yeah, please, please, man, trying to play Dauntless on Switch. That is no boring. good on Wi Fi. Oh, you actually have? Yes, yeah, Switch Pro with F Zero. <laughs> that's fucked up. Anyway. So that's it for today's uh, TBG. <laughs> Fucking Phil Stunch. <laughs> Fucking ass. Oh, thank you so much for watching. Um, 
Do we do we have any housekeeping or shout outs or anything we have to do? Yeah, I'll shout out the patrons real quick. Steel Series isn't an official sponsor of the show, but they just sponsored the channel altogether. So I didn't do any sponsor shout outs at the start. The patrons didn't even know they were signing up for this. They just they they are. That's <laughs> I never reached out and was like, hey, you guys are sponsoring this now too. And they they were just like, Yeah, sure. They're just like Congratulations. Just, yeah, there you go. You've you've inherited this yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But thank you to our patrons, thank you to Steel Series, thank you to our Oh fucking at this, god damn it. Somebody did it for you yesterday too. It's probably Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Patrons of yeah. Darkness cross on Genova and Kur and Ioni. So Yeah. You, we just do these occasionally, consider these bonuses, you know, on top of any State of the Realms or in place of any State of the Realms on any given week or whatnot. But, uh, you know, thanks, thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed, uh, enjoyed this little chat about Final Fantasy 16. And I'm sure it won't be the last one. Um, well, no, no, we'll not. no, no, no. Just call if it. You don't, if you don't make a Final Fantasy 16 show, then State I of the will. Icon, State of the Dominant. That sounds like a fetish thing. State of what's what's the name of the nation they mentioned? There's two um, nations Dal- they mentioned. Dal- yeah, Dal- Dalmec. Yeah, there's Dalmec and there's one other. Dalmec and there's also the Imperials. There's Dalmec, one other mm. one, and the Imperials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, State of the Icon. Yeah, State of the Dominant. It sounds like a fetish kind of thing. So maybe not. Ooh. Ooh. We could do it too far. Dominant of the like realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look, look forward to announcements on um, our upcoming Final Fantasy 16 slash BDSM show. Um, we will be talking about everything uh, ERP and BDSM lifestyle in the Final Fantasy 16 sphere. It's going to be very niche, uh, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We're, uh, we're working hard behind the scenes and... Um, Ah, working show. hard. That's a double entendre. <laughs> yeah, it is. Will, will there be a gimp? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. there will be. Okay. Yeah. We will, ne- we, we, right. yeah. I wish you hadn't said that because I wasn't going to mention him. I was just going to have a gimp like standing behind me the whole time and All just right. deadpan never, ever, ever mention it. But. Okay. Gimp's out of the bag now. So there you go. There we go. And you're going in the bag. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, so please look forward to it. Thanks. Now it's funny because I was going to count that as your outro and then just move on the slide, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think that's what we're going to do in this case. Oh my god! So yeah, thank, all so right. Thank you at this for making uh, making time. Thank you, Sly, as well, since this was kind of just like PS5 showcase happened. I was like, guys, and you're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, at this, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for uh, extending your your lore knowledge and and dissection and, and opinion on what we've experienced thus far. The four minutes that we just extrapolated for an hour and a half. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you're very welcome. Where Any can they expect to find more content like that for both Final Fantasy 14 and 16? Oh my goodness. You can expect to find more content for Final Fantasy 16 lore. Uh, on youtube.com slash ethos asher, uh, which is obviously where the 14 stuff is. Lots of 14 law content there. I'm doing a series at the moment, uh, going through all of the, uh, all the tales, tales from the calamity, tales from the shadows and, um, sort of extrapolating, talking about the lore and those. Uh, so check that out. Uh, you can catch me on twitch.tv slash ethos asher. I stream several days a week. Um, usually during the daytime in, uh, Europe, uh, twitter.com slash others at you, you guys know, you guys know where to find me. Um, so, you know, find me there, please appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, uh, Sly, 
I believe, has some places as well. Yes, I have places. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm here. All right. Uh, you, <laughs> you can find me on twitch.tv slash Sly, aka Gray Fox, uh, Twitter at Sly the Fox. Um, doing pretty much all the things. Again, September, real, I really underestimated September. I fucked up. That's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I also do Station WSLY every Saturday night, and seeing that, you know, it is early and we're about to wrap up, I am probably, I will be starting Station WSLY soon. I also do uh, Station WSLY first Saturdays, and the next first Saturday will be October 3rd, and that will be a costume party on Behemoth at the FC House. So, um, but yeah, either way, um, I, I just play a lot of fucking games. So continue to look forward to that. Hi. Um, and Mike, where can they find you and what are you doing? You can find me at Mr. Abby127 on Twitter, here's Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, uh, doing games as well. Cause I've actually been playing more 14 in the past five weeks than I think I've played in the last five months. With, uh, I farmed 99 SOS Extremes. Now I've got all those totems, and now I have to get all the rest of the mounts, and that's going to be fun. Not to mention Bajja's coming up. Uh, there are some other games that I mean they get to. Dauntless has, a, has an update right now. Um, I actually bought DJ Max Respect V, because I haven't played a DJ Max since uh, Technica Ooh. Machine back in New Jersey. And oh, wow. Burn was playing it last night after State of the Realm on, on Ready Check Radio. So I was like, Fuck! Now I have to buy this and play it again. I have to. I need. I need. I need the music games in my life. And uh, Star Renegade, I still need to to make time for. But I'm playing a lot of Avengers, and they just recently had their 1.3 update. So Star Renegade's so fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. I am playing it. Not to mention PlayStation Five Devil May Cry Five Special Edition Demon Souls. It's gonna be busy in November. Baldur's Gate 3 at the end of the month. Yes. The Pulse yes. Hour is also at the end of the month, so I'm gonna... <sighs> yeah, we underestimated <laughs> fucking September. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, we've been busy. We've been busy. Mm-hmm. Well, sort of. Not me so much until this last week, but yeah, we've been busy. So uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm gonna be up to, And uh, but for now, I, I'm hungry, so we're gonna go into a short post-show and then uh, I'll let both of you go live your lives. You probably sleep, and you WSLY. Yeah. Hell yeah. With that, Let's thank you, everyone, it. for joining us. Uh, Sly has been working on State of the Realms, some topics. We also, I also have one that I want to throw his mm. way as well, so we'll, we'll talk about yes. that a little bit. So uh yeah good uh yeah community episodes because we we I mean while we did some of those like during the summer with the other uh, content creators like I, I really want to you know shout out and throw some love to the community keeping you know content going on in the game so yeah please look forward to those hi there you go hi that's your thing but anyway like I said short post show and then we'll be off for the day so thank you everyone for tuning in on Twitch if you're watching us on YouTube thank you for tuning in as well we will see you next time there's a TBG or on Stay the Realm thanks for watching and until then take care bye bye